What's up, y'all? This is Chitty Bang, and I'm on the Renegade Millionaire Show, the podcast that profiles entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. Join us as we go one-on-one inside the hearts and minds of some of our generation's best and brightest. And now, introducing your host, my friend, Sun Group Wealth Partners Managing Director, CNBC and Forbes.com contributor, Winnie Sun. Hi, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Renegade Millionaire Show. This is your host, Winnie Sun, as you know, Managing Director of Sun Group Wealth Partners, financial advisor here in beautiful Southern California. We're coming to you from just kind of an interesting Southern California day. It's a little bit gloomy and a little cloudy, but for some reason, it's like beautiful rainbow today because we've got, I'm sitting next to these beautiful containers of tart yogurt and every cute crayon color so we will make sure to put some pictures of that on the site so you can see i don't know if i can get through this interview without opening one because it looks so good but those of you who know please do follow me on twitter sun group wp i'm really really active there and then you'll be updated and the next time i'm on forbes cnbc i'm on cbs news pretty soon too so make sure to follow me there and so we can keep connected you know my producer shared with me this really interesting fact As one of the most ancient foods known to man, yogurt has really become the new in vogue thing. In fact, it's going to be exceeding $8 billion in annual revenue this year alone. In fact, Walmart, which is just one retailer, is about to exceed $1.5 billion in sales on just a single item, meaning yogurt. And with that, I'm very excited to introduce you to my new friend, uh, who in many ways I stalked on Facebook. Facebook actually recommended that we reach out to each other. And I thought, oh, great. And I had known about Winston, well, not so much about Winston, but I knew of his product very well. With that, I thought, I have to get this guy on the radio because he's so interesting. And he's created something in a niche that many of us Uh, coming out of college, wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to start a yogurt line. And with that, I want to introduce and welcome Winston, Winston Lee. Hi, nice to meet you. Thanks for having having me here. Thank you for making the time. I love, I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to all our friends today. You are CEO of Tart Yogurt, spelled T-A-R-T-E. And um, I will make sure that we have pictures. So Winston, I, I, I want you to maybe share your story with us because I think this is, a, um, is so inspirational. You are t- certainly the millennial. So you were born in 1981. Correct. Raised here in beautiful Southern California. Yeah, that's right. So if you could share with us a little bit about your story and your background, because I thought it was really interesting from, from even from when mom started taking care of y'all. You know, this this yogurt idea was such a crazy idea in 2010. But growing up, my mom used to make yogurt for us, homemade-style, French-Vietnamese-style yogurt. And it completely forgot about it until just recently when I started buying Greek yogurt. <laughs> and, I, you know, for a long time, I was always just a Yoplait consumer. But when Greek yogurt hit the market, I noticed uh, that I was trading up, that I was actually spending more money to buy a cup of yogurt. You used to only spend 50 cents a cup, and now I was spending $1.50 to $2 a cup. So I wanted to know, what's what's this Greek yogurt all about, and why am I spending more money? And clearly, I was justifying that value because I was paying for that extra protein. But I was never really truly in love with the taste and texture. Never thought about it until my brother said, gosh, I wish, I wish we had mom's yogurt. And I completely mm-hmm. forgot 
what he was referring to. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, don't you remember? And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I do remember. Is he older or younger? He's a year younger than me, yeah. Okay. And um, that, yeah, that was just a sm- small side conversation. Never really thought about pursuing it as a business. Mm-hmm. But I just remember having that conversation of, like, you know, reminiscing about that style that we, we missed. How old do you, do you think you were when he, when you had this conversation with Henry? Oh, just probably, you know, right when the Greek yogurt craze started hitting, like around 2007, 2008. Wow. Yeah. And the time you were working in real estate, I mean, let's talk about your background. So you graduated from UCLA. Yeah. And then you went to grad, you graduate, grad school at SC. Correct. Right? Yeah. And you had a very strong financial background. In fact, you worked in finance and real estate for over 10 years. Yeah. Right? And I mean, as a, you know, the, both of us are in this camp being children of Asian immigrants, I'm sure it wasn't your mom's dream for you to own a yogurt empire. She probably <laughs> wanted you to kind of stay the more traditional, uh, stereotypically more risk-free line of work. Oh, right? you have no idea. It was such a, a challenge internally to, to make this decision to leave. But, you know, my career path, I was really, I was that model child, that model Asian child of being that safe, studious kid and getting, getting uh, that stable job. And, and that was my path. I was really focused on real estate development, wanting to make that a career, and, you know, really having the strength of skill set of, of finance. So but, what changed? I mean, because a the, lot of people are, like, loving real estate, yeah, right? Yeah, and I got the chance to really learn during the boom times of the 2000s, and I got to ride that wave, and I got a lot of, you know, I got to see a lot of transactions and do a lot of deals, but the market quickly changed on me in 2008, 2009 when the recession came. And I know, or I knew at the time that, you know, real estate is a very cyclical business. And it was probably knowing how deep that recession was that it was probably going to be a long time before the market was ever going to come back. And I was afraid it would be another 10 years before it ever come back. And I was 29 at the time, and I didn't want to sit around and wait for another 10 years before I actually had any chance of having success in my career. I knew I wanted a family one day. I wanted to have a roof over you my head. You have a beautiful girlfriend, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. She is amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I knew I wanted all those things in my life, but I also didn't want to wait for that. And I knew it would be so much harder to take any kind of risk if I waited for that and had been comfortable. If I had just been a, you know, comfortable six figure salary and, and you working, you know, my eight to five or eight to seven job or whatever that is. And it just, that wasn't what I wanted. And I was really influenced by a few key people in my life, particularly my boss, Rick Edwards, uh, former clients of mine when I was at Comerica Bank. You know, I got to see some really successful entrepreneurs uh, do really amazing things and build businesses from scratch. And I learned two key things about their businesses. The two types of businesses that I was exposed to, there's the mom and pop lifestyle business, and then there's the type of business that's scalable, that's investable. And it's all about you know, do you want that lifestyle business where you're working day in and day out? You have your little Pilates studio or your, your mm-hmm. own accounting firm or your right. own law practice. You know, you're, you, that job, that lifestyle is solely dependent on you working. So you're right. essentially like a self-employed person. and You, you can have never to, stop uh, working. You can never stop working. Mm-hmm. The other option is, the other type of business is a scalable business. Like how do you create something that you can multiply and scale and create value and equity where someone is willing to come in and invest in your business out of multiple of those revenues and, and uh, scalable where they can actually see the growth rates and then uh, and maybe even have an exit one day out of multiple of revenues. I wanted, you know, seeing that type of business growth with these, you know, entrepreneurs here in Los Angeles, 
I was really influenced by that, knowing that if the real estate market wasn't going to work for me because of timing, that I wanted to get into a business that had scalability. And you see it today with Shark Tank and how successful that is. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that's going on Shark Tank, right. it's because those businesses have some type of scalability and that's why they're seeking capital to grow and scale those businesses up. Exactly. So let's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I admire about you. I mean, this company was self-funded by mm -hmm. you and your brother. You did not initially have any investors. No, we we self-funded and we actually bootstrapped it for a long time. And it's an interesting partnership that my brother and I have. We, I I describe it as a financial marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm essentially, I'm essentially married to my brother. (laughs) So my brother works full time as a nurse practitioner. He's in, he's a really talented guy, cardiothoracics. You know, he's in there in the operating room with the surgeons and he does post-operative care, suturing. I mean, he gets paid really well. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's the guy that brings home the bacon. You know, he's, he's the the breadwinner. And I'm the stay-at-home mom with the baby. <laughs> so tart yogurt is our baby, and we're trying to— It's a to, cute baby. <laughs> thank you so much. And we're trying to get this this little baby to crawl, hopefully walk one day, and then hopefully start running, you know, over the next five to seven years. So, you know, we, we put up equal money to start the business. The equity that we put in is equal. But it wasn't fair on how we were going to structure the sweat equity— you know, to divide that equity equally if we were both making some sacrifices. I was sacrificing a full-time career and, and you know, stepping away from that skill set that I was spending so much of my time it's on. It's a big risk. Huge risk. Yeah. Whereas my brother got to stay in his career and mm-hmm. continues to, to grow, to grow right. his skill set. And so, build on his retirement, everything yeah, else. Yeah, everything right? else. So we, we very clearly said, you know what, this is so much like a marriage between a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. That's how we should structure this. We're gonna we're gonna put up equal money to start the business, but you know, Winston, you take you know, Henry says like Winston, you take your talents on business and finance, and you help grow this business. Basically, like be the mm-hmm. mom and take care of this baby, mm-hmm. and then he'll focus on his talents, which is to just support the family. So we're that's how we're sharing, and, and we're you know we're not even drawing an income out of uh, out of the company. We're pouring it all back into the business to reinvest it. Um, which which you know we should talk about that. This. This company you're talking, this baby mm-hmm. is flying high right now. Thank you're you. doing fantastic. We're not just talking a couple stores. Let's talk about reach. It's not like I just went online and found a yogurt company. This yeah. is something that should get people excited. And those who are listening, let's define what you've done so far. How many stores are you in? How many states are you in? Uh, we're in a little over 700 stores. In 12 states, we're doing business with Whole Foods, Sprouts, Costco. We just launched earlier this year with Target. We're getting an expansion with Target in California here uh, starting actually late this week. We're hitting the shelves in Northern California and Hawaii and Utah. And so we're really excited about that. Yeah. Um, And then then we're, you know, growing into small regional accounts into different states as well. So we're, you know, in HEB in Texas. HEB in Texas is big, though. Yeah, Central Market's out yeah. there. Central we're in Market Earth Fair in, in North Carolina, You're Georgia. You're in Sprouts, too, right? Yeah, Sprouts with tw- in 12 states with Sprouts. So mm-hmm. it's all really exciting stuff. And I got to tell you, I, I still pinch myself every time I walk into a store uh, to see that we actually have our mom's yogurt on the shelf. Mom must feel pretty good about this too, to see her <laughs> yogurt on the shelf, right? Yeah, she, she does. But you know what? It's so funny. When we first started this crazy idea with and, and included her on our plans, she, you know, being the typical Asian mom, she was discouraging us from pursuing this because she just thought it was such a huge risk. And how could we compete in terms of dollars 
where we didn't have the same financing that a large, you know, Chobani or Yoplait or Dannon would have to just outspend us in marketing. Mm-hmm. But I was so adamant that we had an angle and a niche that we could go after that if we can just prove the concept that I'd be able to find a way to continue to finance the business and, and grow it. But I, I was so focused on like, can we prove this concept? That's the most important thing for me right now is can I prove it? Well, I think I, if you could share with me that I wanted you to share maybe some of the unique reasons of the, of the tart success. There's yeah, sure. Obviously taste and health reasons. Sure. Yeah. The, you know, we're, the category right now is a really interesting category because it, ex, it experienced explosive growth over the last eight years. But the category is starting to slow down in terms of the Greek yogurt space. You know, yogurt for a long time prior to 2007, 2006 was commoditized. There was no difference between a store brand yogurt, Dan and Yoplait, they're all 50 cents a cup. And actually the pricing on traditional yogurts actually come down and you're, and you're now seeing deals for Yoplait at 40 cents a cup. Um, but what happened was from 2006 is when Greek yogurt came to the market, they completely disrupted it and actually brought new dollars into a category that was stagnant with little growth that was commoditized. And they, what they did was, and I explained this earlier, they converted customers like myself to trade up. Mm-hmm. So instead of buying that 50 cent cup of yogurt, you're now buying a dollar fifty two dollars a cup. You brought all this new money into the category because of the protein, because of the, protein mm-hmm. the value justification, not only protein, but Greek yogurt proved that, uh, that people are willing to pay a premium for premium ingredients. So instead mm-hmm. of having all the starches and the high fructose corn syrups and the stabilizers, they're actually selling and you know justifying premium ingredients that mm-hmm. a customer would be paying more for that. And you know who's driving that that growth? Ooh. It's millennials that care so much about what they're reading on labels. You know, the millennials are really the ones that are driving you know, yeah. labels and, and every major CPG brand is taking notice Thank right now goodness. on how to market towards millennials, people like myself. And, uh, I felt that I was the perfect, uh, perfect candidate to, to also be a part of that wave and growth, um, focusing on the millennials. So we created a brand. We saw the yogurt category kind of, you know, build this premium set in just Greek but we felt, knowing myself, I didn't love the taste and texture of Greek. I thought it was too, too had too strong of a sour taste and had too much of a thick, chalky texture. Right, your yogurt's very smooth. Yeah, thanks you. Yeah, thank you. Um, we felt that there was still room in the category to enter, enter in with another international premium style yogurt with higher and, protein, right? Higher protein. So, you know, my mom introduced us really at a really young age with this French Vietnamese style yogurt. Most people are really surprised by what is an Asian yogurt? And I felt that there was an opportunity for us to define that and actually market it because we were going to be the first to market. We had the first mover advantage. Why not go after this? Because we can actually tell that story. You know, the French introduced yogurt into Vietnam over 200 years ago. So this is a really, it's kind of a French fusion, you know, French Vietnamese, Asian fusion type product. So I'm excited to go after basically the consumers today that aren't buying Greek yogurt. Okay. Greek yogurt's captured 47% of the market. Mm-hmm. And this is the answer to your question. They've captured 47% of the market, but mm-hmm. that market is starting to slow down for them. Mm-hmm. And they're not able to cross over and capture any more of it because mm-hmm. if you're not buying Greek yogurt today, you're probably never going to buy Greek yogurt. You've probably tried it once or twice, but you're never going to you're never going to convert. You're in that 53% camp. Mm-hmm. Tart yogurt is positioned to go after that 53% because what I'm offering is more protein, more calcium. Well, yes, but it's particularly the taste and texture. Mm-hmm. 
is better. So it's tr- it's more similar to a traditional style yogurt. It's not it's more similar sh- to like a yoplait texture. Yeah, exactly. So it's what you like, but healthy. Yes. A healthy version of what you like. So that's why it appeals to people of all walks of life, whether yes. it be children because or adults. It's something. That's why it's been an explosion. Yeah, so we're, right? we're really going after the traditional yogurt consumer that has not bought into the Greek yogurt craze. Got it, got it. But who's willing to pay for quality. Well, let's talk about, like, so how has this been for you? We talked about earlier your starting startup phase, really excited. But, the, I mean, now you've made a little bit of traction. Now it's in a lot of stores. You've got good distribution. You've got great marketing. The branding is working out. So when you're building a business, I guess, like yourself, like a millennial, so what right now, what would you say is your biggest challenge or your opportunity, which is really the same? Yeah, it is the same. I, I would say the biggest challenge is, is how dynamic the category is right now and how much money is being spent to promote that category. So all the major brands, Dan and Yo, Play Chobani right now, are sitting on, on idle capacity. They overspent on capital investment mm-hmm. to build out the capacity to, to do their Greek yogurt lines. But because Greek yogurt is starting to mature and peak out, that the growth rates that they had projected five years out going forward isn't aren't hitting those numbers. And so they're sitting idle. So they're sitting on a lot of volume capacity. But then at the same time, the category, because it's a, for them, those three major brands, they're racing to the bra and they're really price. They're, they're in a price war right now. And my challenge is how do I create trial? How do I build this brand in a channel that's being promoted so heavily? And it's, it's tough because, you know, to be tested as a new brand, it's not like I get this huge shelf presence like what Dan and Yoplane gets where a brand just sticks out at you. I might be lucky to get maybe three or four SKUs on the shelf. And so unless you're specifically looking for me and unless you think I have amazing packaging, it's really easy for my packaging to be lost because, right. the, because the shelf is so big and there's so much choice. So, so that's why you have to have like – that's why I think it's brilliant like when you went to Costco and people could taste it. Once they right. taste it, then they want to buy it. So do you have – I guess, do you do that all over? You're in so many different stores, 700 mm-hmm. plus stores. How how can Winston and Henry yeah. be at 700 plus stores? Yeah, so we're we're being tr- we're trying to be very smart about the resources that we have because we are a startup without with very limited resources. We're still bootstrapping this. You know, I'm still living off of my brother's income. He's still supporting me. Do you um, have I, any investors to date? Uh, we just did a round of money in December. Yeah, we closed the first seed Good. round of money. Uh, but you know, we're being strategic about how we're spending it. So there's key channels that are better suited for us to build our brand and that's particularly the natural channel right it's a letter higher end higher end channel and i have more time on the shelf to Mm -hmm. kind of prove myself prove this concept and i think that awareness over time yeah like like myself for example i pretty much just shop at whole foods and Mm -hmm. costco and that's Mm -hmm. it Mm because i only have i don't have any much time but so something like this i would take a chance because i'm looking for healthy options for my family so let me ask you this so all these beautiful babies here on on the table here which one is your which one, if you were saying, if it's your first tart experience, which one should you try first? You have to try the mango coconut. Mango coconut. Or the green tea and honey. Those are the two most unique flavors, but are also our most popular flavors. Okay. And then the acai blueberry is my one of my personal favorites because I just love acai. Okay. Um, and for kids, because yes. kids have um, picky palates, and I have three under the age of six. Which one do you think I should introduce to my kids first? Mango coconut. Mango coconut. And strawberry guanabana. And the acai blueberry, too. Okay. But the mango coconut is still like our number one, number one flavor. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. So, your first real check. I mean, now you've made it a little bit. I know you still bootstrap, but when you finally, okay, let's just say, when you first signed Whole Foods, 
you were probably on top of the planet. Yeah, right. And you, in your first check, maybe it wasn't that big, but you had one check. What did you spend on your first check? <laughs> I poured that right back in the business. I had to make sure I was true to, entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, poured it right back in and made sure I had enough money for the next production run. Okay, and then you obviously, you know, the two of us, we are fellow Bruins, and so you know to be smart about your money. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you started putting some planning aside for your retirement, or is right now Tart just your retirement? Tart is I've, I've poured all of my savings. If Tart, you know, God forbid, failed, we don't talk uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would be starting all over. I've poured everything, everything, all my eggs are in this basket. I'm pretty sure it won't fail, though. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Someone <laughs> had asked me, um, someone had asked, um, I can buy tart at stores. Do you think eventually we will have, like, that tart will be on every corner, meaning that there'll be a tart cafe, anything like that in the works? Uh, no, I don't, I don't see us going into, you know, brick and mortar retail. Mm-hmm. I think our business model is, is, definitely wholesale distribution and, and being a, a consumer product wonderful yeah wonderful anything else you want to share with us you know it's just been quite a journey i got to tell you making the decision and making that leap i'm just share if there's any listening listeners out there of, of our journey but it is such a challenge to have that gut feeling and take that leap of faith to go from being in a comfortable job to then being, you know, an entrepreneur and, and not knowing when your next paycheck's going to be. And, uh, you know, I, I struggled with that. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that share, you know, that are in the same shoes right now. And I, I just want to share it's, you know, if you have the right vision and you see a, a, plan, a plan, go it for it. Be- it gets better. It gets better and, and yeah. go for it. You know, when I looked at the yogurt category, I wasn't so sure that I could come in and compete against such large competitors. Uh, And I got to tell you, I'm so glad I took that leap of faith because we're making some noise. I'm now, I'm sure of it that every major brand uh, uh, from a yogurt brand, they're 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 definitely paying attention. They're definitely paying attention. Um, I think you're going to get a call (laughs) soon from, I'm just, I'm just guessing. I think you're going to get a call from Chobani pretty soon (laughs) and they'll be like, and then you should call me. <laughs> and with that, thank you so much, Winston, for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. True delight. I'm glad that we actually got to spend some time together. Not only that, I'm excited to see where this takes off. And most importantly, I want to go ahead and open one of these up now. And with that, thank you so much, everybody, for coming, tuning into the show. Huge thank you to you, you're Winston, welcome. for being here and making the My trip. Pleasure. This is Winnie's son. And I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the Renegade Millionaire Show. And Winston, how can we follow your journey? Uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook has been a, a platform for us to kind of share like the inside behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And is it just, what's the handle? Uh, just Tart Yogurt, Tart, okay. at, at Tart Yogurt, T-A-R-T-E. Instagram the same? Same. Okay, wonderful. Are you on Twitter? I am. Great. Yes. Same handle. Same handle. So tart yogurt. So you can't mess that up. And it'll give you a chance to really delve in and just try these babies. And with that, you can follow me, Sun Group WP. Uh, website is winniesun.com. Thanks again. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye now.